0: Are not wizards, or hey, maybe we are. Maybe Richard's lied to us all so far, but that's just the way, isn't it? So we could carry on to another day. This song's not so great, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's better with two other guys. <laughs> it's Richard Simpson right. and Tom, and that's carry on, and that's the show. Yay!
1: <laughs> Yay! Wow.
0: I don't even. I'm know sorry. Where, I'm I just, sorry, everyone.
2: It's just well, don't start with an apology for goodness' sake. You don't. I'm want, proud. Don't yes. put, don't put yourself in a niche. Don't categorize yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because people might say you're being a bit manic, a bit musical. They might even be saying you might be just getting a little bit categorical. Because mm-hmm. this is Richard, we are not wizards. I am joined. By the force of nature If mother nature was dressed in red and liked to make card games about cats and cards and letters Then her name would be Bez and she's here tonight Hello Bez
0: Hello Richard Um, Hello everyone
2: And joining us we've got somebody special Somebody brand new Somebody nice and shiny that's never spoken to us before He's uh, He has no idea What he's getting himself into However, <laughs> he probably had no idea When he submitted the design to Bez For <laughs> For Whipple Plus Plus All those many moons ago I bring you the one The only, the man of the hour With his letters Two letters, not behind his name But standing straight up and down It's Mr Tom Cauldron mm. Hello Richard Hello how are you? I'm
1: good. That was that was quite an introduction. <laughs> and what I like about that is that
0: there is actually a card in the L deck that is T and then C.
1: I know, I like that card. It's my favourite card. So I always cheer whenever that one comes up.
2: <laughs> so um let's get down to business. The uh, reason that you're here is because there is a there's a Kickstarter and the yes. Kickstarter is um for categorical which is your kind of latest dive into the... it, It used to be Wibble++... But am I right in saying that you... yeah,
0: Wibble++ Plus was kind of suggesting it's all about the Wibble game, mm-hmm. which is kind of true. That's where it started. So originally, it, so for those who don't know, 2015, early 2015, I was doing the final art for In a Bind, which has now become Yogi, which has sold very well. It's sold mm-hmm. like a six-digit number. And um, it's... Yeah, I'm doing well enough from that that I'm like, okay, I can afford to not have to make the most money from other stuff. I'm not rich, but like, yeah, I can put in a little bit of my own money for categorical. That allows me to put the funding goal down to 2000 Hmm. But then going back to that time, 2015, I was making the art, but I was like, oh my god, it's all too much, just one thing. I was thinking of games, and then I thought of a game called Wibble, and then I made the game, and it was really fun, and then I thought of other games that could be played with the same deck, and then I went to UK Games Expo 2015. Andrew Dennison made Alphabetical, and that's what persuaded me to make it into a game system. So, it was called Wibble++, and it has been called Wibble++ Plus for ages, uh-huh. but at this point, there's just so many other games, and Tom came along on the scene. Um 2018 was like making all these games and was like, "Hey, here's a submission." And it's I mean, look, I worked with Tom in that. Tom did the design, I did the development on this one game, and it's like really good. I'm allowed to say that because I didn't come up with the idea. And actually Denim Spur who helped me demo a whole bunch of stuff, said that Categorical's now their favourite game for the deck, and so why do I keep calling the deck Wibble++? Plus? Why yes. do I keep naming it after one game that it's kind of like hamstringing it? So I reached out to everyone, saying hey, what should the name be? And, like, hundreds of people entered, most of them through the Big Tuck Board Game Trading and Chat UK Facebook yeah. group, Yeah, and Someone suggested L, which, believe it or not, that simple name I had not thought about. So it's just called the L deck. And going forwards, every deck is going to be geared around one or maybe even zero games. Like, maybe there's going to be a minimal deck at some point. Just saying, oh yeah, go online and you'll get all the rules there. But this new one is... It's got typography, which is fresh. It's graffiti inspired. It's all based on Tom's game, which Tom will tell you about. And it's all like... Really fun, it's awesome
2: What I like about yes. Tom is is to, Tom strikes me as potentially The the strong silent type And I'm wondering If during the development process He just had to sit there And nod And then pass that was a big part
1: of the development yes. And then pass,
2: pass notes kind of Back and forward To kind of go, are you finished yet? Can I can I? Because I think beforehand, now Tom isn't aware of this. Bez has been on the show a number of occasions, and normally we're a couple of we're a couple of chatterboxes. We just sit there and we chat away <laughs> about whatever comes to our minds. And sometimes we need to realise we need to have manners. <laughs> we need to realise we've got guests, and we need to sometimes give those people. a t- So here I go ranting and raving away, and yet we have not come back to the fundamental thing, which is Tom. <laughs> tell us, tell us about your bad self. Let's hear. I want to. I want to kind of explore the the double letter valleys of your mind. I want. To Are you s- going to reach into the past and then go into the present before going into the future? That's pretty much. That's pretty much what we're going to do. Um, no, I am interested in. I mean, Tom, have you have you been involved in the kind of the board game scene? Yourself for a while Were you like a player who got involved Have you designed before I mean you're coming to me like a fresh canvas Which I must paint a story on So do you want to help me Paint that picture By telling me your paint I guess
1: Telling you my paint <laughs> <laughs> I shall try and tell you my paint Yes, yes. <laughs> I am um, I am a person That's I, um, <laughs> I play games
2: <laughs> That's a good start
1: yeah, I mean, uh, I just started playing games because of my partner. He started sort of buying all these games, and I sort yeah. of gradually came to realise that there were all, all these wonderful things out there in the world that I hadn't really realised. <laughs> this is about like, I uh, don't no, um, eight or nine years ago, all right. maybe, <laughs> maybe longer, maybe 10, 12 years ago, uh, and we started just getting more and getting more games, and then suddenly I realised that I had a collection of games. <laughs> And I was—I now had a hobby of being a game player. And <laughs> I found a local games club and started exploring this wonderful, amazing world that was out there that I hadn't realised. And it just astounded me, the possibilities of this space. And uh, when I sort of get into something, my brain starts um, working on its own and I start uh it starts sort of coming up with things to do with games and I, and I ended up sort of just sitting on a bus one day and i thought here's a game idea and suddenly i had a game idea that i tried to make and it was utterly rubbish <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think uh, that's, I think that's totally, yeah
1: and this is uh, i think uh, i think this is possibly the uh, origin story of a lot of game designers <laughs> the first game that they make they suddenly realize that making games is actually quite difficult. Yes. Who'd it's, have it's, thought? A weird.
2: Yeah. it's my entire philosophy over something which is your first of anything is going to be awful. But mm. if you don't start it making really was. if you don't start making something, then mm. you're never ever going to get to where you are today, which is to where, you know, Bez is just now. So essentially what you're doing is you are standing on the shoulders of uh, giants really tom and i'm just wondering yes. how you can live with yourself <laughs> what <the>? kind of <laughs> kind of you know borrowing someone else's let's face it success sweat and hard labor and um uh, yeah you, you know um you know, any guilt with that, or are you just quite happy just to go along for the ride?
1: Oh, I'm perfectly happy to <laughs> let other people sweat. Yes.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, so- uh, is that actually a reference to the fact that categorical is a game for L deck?
2: I, I, certainly made things. I, like I was kind of yes. slightly trying to link it all together, but thank you yeah. for ruining it. I mean,
0: people who are listening might not even know as much as you, Richard. I mean, you pass yourself as a very ignorant person. You played a part, but you actually know some stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, shall I flash forward a few years in my evolution as a game designer? Please. So I started making more games, and uh, I got involved with uh, Playtest UK. Mm. which i'm sure you're aware of it's a wonderful community of people around the country yeah who just create opportunities for people to come and play test games so i uh got involved with them and uh i think possibly through that group i encountered bears i'm not sure so was now, there already a
0: but... uh, um, group when you s- because right now you're running the group aren't you so was there uh, no, already I, a group yeah. when you started becoming a designer
1: there wasn't one in my local area, but I uh, approached uh, Rob, Rob Harris, at uh, UK Games Expo and said, uh, do you want to have someone running a group in Sheffield? Because I could do that. So, And he said, yeah, sure. So um, I've been uh, running a Playtest UK group in Sheffield for a few years. And uh, Did you have
0: any anxiety about, you know, running this group?
1: no, I just thought sort would of turn up and all people turn up and we play games, it's easy <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be like a sort of big responsibility, but no, it's just, you know <laughs> sit there and play games every month, great um,
2: Are you quite analytical but, you know, minded then, Tom? I mean, are you always are you being a bit of a kind of like do you like a bit of sitting back and analysing stuff and pad and pen and make notes yeah. and, you know, is that why they kind of to because t- I know some people that, um they hate playtesting, they know they have to do it, but they find it very difficult to <coughs> get past just almost like sitting back and quarterbacking their game as it gets played. Whereas I know some people like they love the feedback, it's like any feedback where well, you think the card the card size is too small, excellent. You think the card size is too big, you think it's the wrong colour, fantastic and they're kind of taking notes. So are you like that kind of person? Are you kind of? Are you quite kind of? Are you quite analytical yourself when it comes to stuff like that? Do you like facts and figures and all that kind of stuff?
1: I do a bit. I've been known to make a spreadsheet or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think playtesting is a skill, and part of it is analysis, and part mm. of it is just sort of learning to watch people. And mm see how they're responding to mm-hmm. to what you're putting in front of them. And, yeah, I think um, the analytical bit can only go so far. Sometimes it's just you've got to sort of feel your way through. Uh, and yeah, because
0: impression is more than reality, really. If someone thinks that oh, yeah. something's unfair, then it is unfair. It doesn't really matter if it's actually, oh, well, you could have done this to get yourself out of that situation. It's all about how it feels.
1: yeah. An, an important thing in, uh, I realised after a while of playtesting the group, um, the playtesting group, uh, is that you can ask playtesters what their opinions are about how you how you, how your game works, but you shouldn't necessarily listen to the answers
2: because
1: hmm. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know the game as much as you. They're just uh, saying the first thing that comes into their head, uh, which might be a fantastic suggestion which is going to make it <laughs> brilliant. But it's much more important to show how they've reacted to the game and which bits have jumped out at them than actually what their ideas for the game are. I mean, you can listen to the, the ideas, but mm-hmm. you don't have to say... Uh, I mean, it's really tempting uh, initially to go, oh, they think there should be more cards. Fantastic, I'll make more cards. Yeah. Oh, they they think there should be more attacking. Great, I'll, I'll make it more attacking then. But doing everything that everyone throws at you uh, just on their first... Uh, experience of a game, you're just going to end up with a mess. Yeah, uh, you've got to keep your own vision for a game. Do you find? And, um,
2: do you find kind of leading a leading a playtest group? You've got to provide a bit of emotional support as well. Do you have to be there oh, yeah. for people kind of sitting there going, you know, I know this isn't working. That is because the entire game and my existence is utter crap. And then they flip the table and they walk out. Do You sometimes find you need to. <laughs> de-escalate somebody maybe being overcritical of themselves and saying, well actually let's just look at this from kind of where you are and what you've been doing and scale it back a bit or look at it from a, a different way. Do you find you you kind of because of your experience, you're on occasion approaching things from like an almost like a mentor point of view that people kind of oh approach my you like that. <laughs>
1: I don't think I've managed to get to my, myself to mentor level yet, but I do try and uh, sort of manage expectations. Like, mm-hmm. ah, come on, make make a make a prototype. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's felt tip on card; it'll be rubbish. Mm-hmm. But make a prototype <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is what you've come up with the uh, make something awful thing. It's the same sort of thing that I'm trying to try, try tell people. Yeah, come on, make make something. Yeah, it'll be rubbish. Don't don't expect it to be brilliant. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I do like a. Um, uh, a thing I heard on the Ludology podcast, uh, Gil Hover and talking to Jeff Engelstein about their design process. And these are sort of published designers who are uh, well respected in the field and they're still saying that the you know, they make a prototype and think this is gonna be fantastic and Gil Hover said, This is gonna be the best thing ever, this is gonna be the first game to win a Nobel Prize <laughs> <laughs> And then you put it in front of a playtester and then thirty seconds later Right, <laughs> this is rubbish. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I think on the other um, side is I think on the other side is as well is I think because there's so many games out there, it's very easy for people to slip in the com- slip into the comparison train, which is when you're kind of sitting there, kind of going, oh, but it's too much similar to this, it's too similar to that, it's too similar to the next thing, and not actually going yeah. ahead with a design idea in case it's. Um, in case you think it's it, people think oh it's just a copy of this, but you know I've shown you a copy of like Splash, um from from Which Coiled spring I
0: don't know. I've not played it, so I don't know the rules. For all I know, that's a copy of Gravel.
2: Could for, be. For all you know, it is actually. Do you know what? When I first opened it up and read the rules, it sounded very much like um, Tinder Blocks because oh. you're basically you're stacking little box, blocks on top of each other. But you're not using cards, you're just using kind of like decisions based on colours and shapes. So I mean, that's, you know, that's where you've it? got
0: parallel design. I mean,
2: parallel design is a thing. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, of course, people are going to come up with the same idea simultaneously. But, you know, going to what you were saying about people being dejected about, oh, I made this game and it's not as fun as all the other games out there. Uh-huh. I think that's actually not that bad a thing. Because if you get that immediate dejection, you don't have the build-up of, oh my god, this is brilliant, I've played it with all my family, I've uh-huh. played it with all my friends who don't know any board games, they really like it. i played it with these other friends who have never played a board game in their life, and they really liked it, and they told me it was brilliant. Now I'm going to take it to Playtest UK, and then what happens, in our case, it's like someone spent two years of their life working on a game, never actually showing it to any other designers. They've not played any games from the last century, and then they come here with a game, and then I play it, and I'm thinking, yeah, this is really really rubbish, and Brett Gilbert, who isn't one to shy away from their opinion, comes in, and Brett is someone who will give their opinion without playing a game. And if you know Brett, Brett has, you know, been nominated for, I think, the Kenner Spiel the Yaris. Mm. You know, Brett's done really, really well. And so if you know Brett, you'll listen to their opinion because they've got a lot of good things to say. And actually, Brett's really insightful and they can see what's wrong with the game before even playing a single turn. Sometimes they'll be wrong, but 90% of the time they won't be. And then what happens is I say, yeah, this is, A problem here this is a problem here and then Brett's like yeah this is a really big problem Uh, but then we try to sort of satisfy him we say don't worry you know it's like you've got this one bit of the game that's really good on its own just Mm -hmm. chuck away everything else but this could be a good bit and this other bit could be good on its own so it's almost like you've got the two seeds of two different good games not just one but yet that that person because they'd come after two years and just had all these messages from their friends, from their family who'd n- not really been into games and building them up, building them up to be told, hey, actually might not be able to make it, never saw them again. And that's kind of sad.
2: I think um, some people think they need to build up a game to a point where they can be in a peer to peer situation. And I know mm. that's the same. You know, a lot of people I know that, whether regardless <sighs> of the hobby, you know if they were gonna be gonna be involved in musical theater, for instance, and they wanted to go to the local amdram stuff, I don't think anybody's just gonna go in without practicing a little bit of the songs from the show before they turn up at the rehearsal because they don't want to go in completely blind and it's the same with a lot of different hobbies I think the if you know that you're going to a play test event and you know. You might not necessarily know the names of the designers and everything like that that are going to be there, but I think it would still—you would still have that sense of intrepidation, and you just sitting around with friends and family, and them naturally going to be slightly biased and telling you that everything is fantastic. Um, I think that kind of happens because people, your friends and family, are generally kind, um, which can sometimes be not a not the best thing. Not the best thing to kind You need to get happen.
0: over that fear. I mean, any prospective designer who's listening, you know, frankly, if you've got to design, it's more kind to your friends and family to show them mm-hmm. your game when it's actually half decent, and mm-hmm. because. Designers will be quite used to playing rubbish stuff. And I don't mind playing a terrible game and like sitting around for half an hour or an hour and a half. You know, really dissecting okay what could be improved and uh-huh. giving feedback for free, and that's what it's all about. Whereas if it's it's about that peer review, I help you, you help me. Even if you're a newbie, you being at the table can be really helpful to me. Uh-huh. And when it's friends and family, you're imposing that on them. They're not really getting anything from you, other than the joy of being part of your thing. Which, if you brought them on at a later point when it was actually shown to be good, then they would be able to enjoy it a bit more.
2: Going, I mean, jumping back into categorical, because I'm just you know, silly like that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we had. That's about. what we had to talk about. Oh, yeah. is that, because
2: this is the thing: if you let her, if you let her talk.
0: You're just as bad, Richard.
2: You're just as bad. I'm not just as bad. You know, I mean, there's there's about 370 episodes of me like talking an awful lot more and giving my opinion. It's almost like it's a show about me all the time. Um, In terms of the kind of going into the categorical type of thing, um, did what what made you decide? This is the one you're going to run with, because I'm I'm assuming because when we spoke originally about Wibble++ Plus, the idea was here's now a sound, called the L deck. now called the L deck. It's like <laughs> um, the art is formerly known as Wibble++ Plus um, Plus. It's now just got a little symbol on it. But I was aware that you had like a catalogue, a library of games mm. that were coming out. Yeah, what was? the reason for doing categorical and was that a chance for you to introduce the L deck at the same time? I mean, was did you discuss this fully with Tom before you went on the Kickstarter? Was it something yeah. that was agreed pretty kind of early on?
0: I mean, I like to, f- in terms of discussion with Tom, I mean, I think that's something that Tom needs to chip in as well with. I mean, I did definitely show Tom all the text before mm-hmm. I showed it to anyone else. Um. I mean, Tom's a member of the Wibble++ uh, or L, the Elegant (laughs) Double Letter Deck um, Facebook group. So now if you search on Facebook for ELL, you Mm -hmm. will hopefully find that. Um, So I just honestly, I'm thinking about my stuff basically all the time and in 2020 i said this last year but i'm trying to work a little bit less and some days you know have an evening off or sometimes even an entire day off lo and behold but i don't want to inundate tom with every single thing that i'm thinking of but during the process of categorical i i mean how do you feel the communication went i think like how when there was like a major thing i was like hey tom here's like a major change oh what do you think of that what do you think
1: i think uh, mainly, it was saying, uh, it was you saying, here's this thing I want to do, and me saying, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the process. I mean, l- l- I think we should need to go back to 2018, 1st of August, which was the deadline for the first. Wibble- yeah, timey. Can- um, <laughs> that was like wibbly wobbly, timey wavy kinds of noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, we met with the, uh, the video, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, anyway, so going back to 2018, 1st of August, Tom submitted this game. And, you know, in the rule sheet of Categorical, there's a whole bit that I got Tom to kind of talk about the process, which they can. But the question was, what made me decide that this is the one? Back then, I had about, I think, 17 submissions, and I played all of them. I enjoyed to a certain extent all of them. There were some that was like, Kiatri, hey, this is a bad game," but I enjoyed it because let's be honest, it's flattery at someone making a game for my deck. Yeah, which is awesome. It's but there were a few. There were at least um, I would say three or four that's it's like, yeah, this is really good. This could be the eighth core game. And so what I wanted to do, getting back to that principle of the core games, is that, you know, the first deck started off with five games, and honestly, part of it was that these are five games I'm really proud of, but also these are five games that are able to fit onto one card. And so that was a key principle, that Wibble, Grabble, Fable, Phrasal, and Alphabetical, I could fit them all onto one card. Then the second edition couple... Um, I was like, I need to make the sixth core game. What should it be? There's going to be a new core game every 1st of August. And that is my pledge that I've kept up. And I was going to make it like a one-player game. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to make it puzzle. I'm going to make it couple. Because Rado runs through. Rado has really enjoyed it. I bet other people would also enjoy this. And then I made it Mikkel. And then going through to the core game for 2019, which is um, one year after Tom submitted this game, Back in 2018, I was thinking, okay, of these games, which one would will be the next core game? I played them all at Tabletop Scotland. I played them all myself first, you know, on the thing. I didn't actually play them all at Tabletop Scotland. That bit was a lie. I played them all myself at um, Friday play- daytime playtests, and then I played the best ones at Tabletop Scotland. And while I was playing the best ones at Tabletop Scotland, sorry I messed up over there, I um, I realised, oh, Categorical is being enjoyed so much, this could be the next core game. And that's when I decided this is going to be the next core game. And then time went on and people were enjoying it so much, I was like, you know, it was when I decided that the deck has to be split off. I don't want you to buy one box like it currently is and have all the rules inside because people don't appreciate how much the paper costs it's you know expensive it's hard to advertise like it's like what what am i getting inside this box okay you've written like six different games in here i don't understand and you know it's kind of inaccessible because you don't get the thing on the side telling you exactly the player count you're getting confused so just having one box one game which is exactly like every other board game out there but with the added feature that when you go to the bottom of the rolls there's a second sheet that says oh by the way yeah you bought this for just one game (laughs) but you might enjoy grabble you might enjoy wibble and if you do want to play these other games then please Go on to the website, which here's a little link or a QR code, that I, if I can work out how to do QR codes. <laughs> and let's go online. And I've actually got an, a friend, Chris, who might be actually helping me. And if they do start helping me, I should probably put them up on the campaign page as well. But um it's like, I need to split off this deck to ha- make it more accessible. Categorical is a blooming brilliant game, and I think it deserves to be the next one because out of the 7th and 8th because the first 6 they already kind of exist in a physical format Mickle it's one player Categorical is just right it's fun I mean have you played Categorical Richard?
2: No you know I don't play board games I just talk to people (laughs) Tom yes because he's sitting there he's probably going I'm sorry Tom I could have been catching up on the telly (laughs) <laughs> um, you know the new, the new, the latest episode of Picard's out. Let's see where that train wreck's going. Um, two questions. The first question is: In your opinion, what is your favourite meal to eat when you're podcasting? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's um, sort of sweet potato chips and broccoli thing.
2: Oh, cool! It's it's yeah,
1: I, I recommend. Is it cheesy? Podcasters out there?
2: Is there cheese on it? Uh,
1: no, no cheese. Garlic. Might be a bit. We're going to put the recipe in the you. show notes.
2: Bez, <laughs> Bez, Bez. Shh. Tom's got to talk now. Tom, right? But nothing crunchy.
1: Because
2: so. <laughs> it's not Thursday.
1: Top tip. Top tip for any uh, any podcasters: don't eat. Uh, Crunchy meal while you're podcasting. There's nothing wrong with that. Crunchy
2: crunchy chips are the big... Um, Tell us about categorical, Tom. Put us out of our misery, because if I let Bess speak again, you might as well go and have a bath. Get some candles on, you know. Get some some pan-pipe music going.
1: Well, you know, uh, all that I was saying earlier, the playtesting process and uh, developing a game uh, from... Beginnings to to end, and sort of really listening to uh, playtesters, and that none of that came in in developing <laughs> Catskarakon. <categorical. laughs> Basically, I mean uh, uh, the um, the story of the creation of the game was I was uh, I, I saw that I knew that Bez had this competition running to uh, create a game and submit it for her um, her deck, and I'd. Messed about with a few games and they were kind of, yeah, some worked, some didn't. <laughs> um, but then this time I just sort of lay out five cards in a row and said, right, why are the five cards in a row? Uh, maybe it's a tug of war. Someone wants to get to that end. Someone it's wants brilliant. to get to that end. Okay. Uh, how do they get to the other end? Uh, they've got to shout a word, one of these letters. Great. Uh, what word? Well, um, if it has to be in a category, great, and and that was pretty much it. It's just it was just a five minutes that I had pretty much the whole game, and I really wish it worked like that in other games because I've tried it. I mean, I've, I sit down with some of my other designers and think, right, inspiration, yes. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't happen. So I've got to do actually do hard work. Oh, uh but yeah, this one was really easy. It just. I I got a game. I tried it <laughs> with with Polly. It seemed to work pretty well. I tried it with someone else. Yeah, that was fun. Uh I submitted it. And um yeah. That was um, the easiest design I've ever done.
2: I I was expecting drama. I was expecting yeah, kind of yeah, awesome yeah, t- all the development, that. Tom.
1: I just the, uh, Sturm I just drank blood, sweat and tears went into this. Thing. I, now it's easy.
2: I was just <laughs> I was expecting some kind of, you know, and you know, I'm just really, really sad that during this time when I invented this word game, I never learned to read. You know, <laughs> that kind of. I was Oscar. Mute until
1: the day. I invented you know, categorical.
2: I you know, and and I had to get up kind of every morning um, at half past four on my milk round to make sure we had enough money and also to get our own milk. And then, as I was walking down the streets without my shoes on. <laughs> I then realised, you know, and something like that because I just like, oh I found two letters that came up where I'd stuck two five cards down in a row in Wonder Tug of War and then let us shout out some names that's um, yeah. that makes you sound extremely clever and know exactly what you were doing
1: yeah, design it's, it's easy just do that. <laughs> design's easy <laughs> sometimes it works
2: I think the best designs are the ones that, you know, just come up like what Tom has done Um, you know when you compare other design, I mean, let's face it. I some do de- want to
0: say there was some developments after there.
1: There was a bit, yeah. Bez has made it about ninety percent better than the actual game. I, suppose. I but don't still, believe no.
2: that for a second. I think that you know, I think that what's happened is we've got this beautiful working relationship going on, and I think that potentially Bez, <laughs> Bez has met her match, and I think there's a little bit of fear <laughs> in those eyes, in those red, red eyes. That she might have just met her design match, and that you're just sitting there going, "You know what? Bring it on. That's what's going (laughs) to happen." Um, Let's talk. It. I mean, (laughs) we skirted around the kind of the basics of the game, but it is basically you select a category, you lay out your cards in front of you, and then it's a case of you shout out like a country that's got one of. That starts with one of the letters in each of the cards, if you win, you move a space towards yourself. if you lose, you move a space towards your opponent. It's whoever gets to the end of the line basically wins. is that correct?
1: Um, yes, no. well, whoever gets to the end of the line wins one point, yes, ah. you go back to the middle and keep on going until you get to the end of the deck and that <laughs> is actually the the change that Bez made I just <laughs> I,
0: f- I think there's a. Cl- There's a couple of changes. One is what Tom just said, which Mm. originally, once you got to one side, that would be the end. And Mm. it could last literally 30 seconds, if one person's a lot better than the other. Mm. It could last the entire deck. So theoretically, it could be done, boom, 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 three steps, I win or it could be a tense tug-of-war, and what we found was that the ones that went a bit longer and were a bit more of a generalist category, where you're starting to run out of words, those were actually more interesting. So I think that was the one big change that was made. And then the second big change that was made was, well, there were two others that were kind of intertwined. Firstly, when Tom originally submitted it, all the cards were face-up in a row, and so you could see oh, it's going to be here, the next card's going to be that one, so you could plan a little bit ahead, but it was a bit confusing. Where And to show which one you were at, there was like a little marker card, whereas now what happens is that there's only one face-up card, and so you know exactly where you are, but you don't get to see the other ones. And do you want to talk about that we changed, Tom?
1: No. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) Bez came back with... Uh, how about we do this? And I just went, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, do that. Yeah, so, um, yeah the the idea of the fully formed game springing from my head like a peanut from Zeus's brow, then not entirely right. It still needed quite a lot of development. I think you're, yeah, just, I think you're just saving
2: Bez's blushes from, you know, I think that you've been the driving force. She went, look, I've got spreadsheets. None of the boxes This game really did not need a spreadsheet None (laughs) None of these Oh, contrary, sir Um, I bet you said right, Bez I know you like red So there's not one box on the spreadsheet That's got red in it (laughs) (laughs) Kind of thing Um, What's it been like getting involved In the, the Kickstarter side of things Tom, did you Have you kind of are you a bit of a Kickstarter fan yourself? I mean, are you a backer? Or do you like to? Are you a backer who likes to back? You know, I,
1: I have backed a few things. Uh, I, I try not to, but it's all <laughs> accidentally happened sometimes.
2: I accidentally confirmed this button three times in order to raise yeah. the right level. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I, I I find it really easy to avoid the uh, the, the big minis thing. Yes. Minis just don't do anything for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm lucky like that. Uh, In recent years, um, I've mainly just backed things done by people I know, yeah, or people I've met. Uh, But as I've been meeting people in the PlayStation UK and other uh, things around conventions, that that actually turned out to be quite a lot of people. Can get very
2: expensive. Yeah. Well, I think you try to be kind, and then I think... um... I suffer from I suffer from this myself because I speak to so many people who run kickstarters. If mm. I went in, kind of fully pledged on everybody that I spoke to, I, you know, I would be can do that. Selling lots and lots of stuff. So I think sometimes for the people that I know, it's sometimes better just to try and help create as much noise as possible because if I can help spread the word, then sometimes that can be more valuable than me just saying, "All right, well, I'll stick a low pledge on." I think. I'll often stick a little pledge on something just to see how it's how it's kinda of going. Which is always kind of which is always kinda of, kinda of fun. Do you um in terms of things like the the marketing then, uh, Tom, have you been involved in that? Have you kind of been out there kinda of helping to spread the word and things like that? Or have you if you kinda of went, mm, I'm not it's not my, my wheelhouse, I'll kinda of leave it,
1: it. It's not my wheelhouse. Right. Uh my my partner Polly has sort of taken over the role of my uh, social media manager. <laughs> she, she, she tries to tweet where I don't, um, so I, I like tweet like once every six months saying <laughs> um, oh by the way here's a game or something but, This yeah, is true um, I
0: I send tweets about categorical or mm-hmm. people playing categorical and I'm like hey look at this thing people are having so much fun with this game last night and genuinely I was in the bar last night and I don't know if you saw the pictures Tom but yeah I saw 13 people basically everyone was playing it multiple times which was brilliant to see mm. and um it was just about Categorical and the other Game of the Week. And then, I don't know if Tom's ever seen it. Tom nev- barely ever replies to my tweets or likes them or anything, but then Polly's always in there retweeting my stuff, saying, hey, well done, Tom, because Polly's really supportive like that
1: of Tom. Yeah, he he's great. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I yeah, I have done some marketing. I, I got some people at my local board games club to play it yesterday. And they said, Oh, you designed a game? What? I've <laughs> I, I never mentioned it
2: before. <laughs> did I ever tell you of the time that I designed <laughs> a game? And you're like, No, you didn't. Well, here it is. There you go. Yeah. You're like, What? Is yeah. it strange being on the other side? Because this is you yeah, in the did. kind of the commercial, kind of, you've done the playtesting thing. So, as you said, there must be people that you've seen at the playtesting groups that have gone on to do like a. Um, You know that you've seen them That they've then turned up on Kickstarter themselves That you've kind of worked mm-hmm. there and went Oh these are my children I yes. remember <laughs> when they came to me and all they were <laughs> Was white card and, and felt tip pen And now look <laughs> at them Tainted grail 1.3 million pounds
1: <laughs> Yes uh, The most recent one we've had From uh, the Sheffield playtest group was uh, uh, Tom Lovewell Of Redwell Games
2: Tom's, and- He's lovely he is. He is mm. lovely. his worms so, yeah. are full,
1: <laughs> and he's. Uh, he was kickstarting uh, Six Gun Showdown yes. last year. Yes, and it, it just seemed like such a, uh, a stress. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad that Bez is doing all the Kickstarter work. <laughs> <laughs> well, nearly all the Kickstarter work. Yes, it's uh, it's great. I'm right. I'm I'm loving being on this side of the side of the Kickstarter uh, divide <laughs> while not actually having to do all the work.
2: Which is perfect. Well, I think it's just, you know, correct that you should be now sitting back after having previously done all of the work for the rest of the game. It's about time <laughs> that Bez really oh. she kind of pitched up and, you know, contributed <sighs> and not hurts, just provided For goodness <laughs> I'm <only> sake. J- <laughs> I <just laughs> I'm only joking that's not true at all. Um you see yeah, But you see, it's enough. People think it's true. No, it's not. I know that you work. You're like one of the hardest working um, designer developer people that I know, and you're always hitting the kind of the. I'm not. It's going to sound sycophantic, You're always hitting like all the shows. You're always about. You're all really. You're always very very supportive for people. You're seeing how you can add value to the community, and it's a very very wonderful thing that I think um, is very very much required as. The hobby itself starts to head into the sometimes the very cold commercial areas, you know (sighs) that you can look at something like a lot of the kickstarters that are there that are running like um, very very well oiled corporate machines with you know, and and then you get someone like yourself jumping in with your campaigns, and you know there's a huge amount of heart that comes across in everything from the updates. It's very personal. It's very very. Human and for a lot of people That is it's for p- People like yourself that's one Of the reasons that Kickstarter kind of got going In the first place and I'm still Very very delighted that you are Still very much present On that platform that you're fighting the good fight Because I know of a lot of other Designer developers Who are struggling on that platform as It becomes more of the Corporate playground As mm. opposed to maybe what it was kind of Intended for and um, of course. Can I, mm-hmm. I don't want
0: to stop you but I want to make two <laughs> points um, and I just before you move on from the subject because I know the way you are you'll kind of weaver around and then go off on something else but firstly t- two points yes. one point no I'm not correcting you Everything you said, I 100% agree with you and thank you so much. It's a real honour to be kind of thought of that way. And it means so much when people are saying, oh yeah, Bez is doing, working really hard or Bez makes good games and it means a lot. And of course, with the L deck, firstly, actually there's three things. Firstly, my vision was always to say, this is more than just me. Alphabetical by Andrew Dennison was in the first five core games. That was very deliberate to show these are not just by me. It's Andrew Dennison's Alphabetical is a really good game. I believe it's brilliant, but mm-hmm. it was that one that made me realize, Hey, that was an idea I personally would never have had. So there's going to be other ideas that other people will have that I will never have had. And it, uh, like that. Tom came along with a categories-based game. There was one other categories-based game done in that same year, 2018. It what turned out to not be quite as good as Categorical. If Categorical had not existed, that might have been the eighth game. That's one thing I want to talk about, how it is the community at this point, my Role is, yes, I'm continuing to make more L games. I mean, I've made a couple this year so far, and we're only into February. And, um, this, but at the same time, I feel like my role is, as much as I can, I want to shift into becoming the curator. I've got someone else working on art for a future version of the L deck, where Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay them on commission. I've got, and, you know, an upfront fee, kind of like I would accept myself, something, I think, okay, I know what I would w- accept as a designer. I know what I would accept. Basically, that gives me a framework for if it's reasonable for me, hopefully it's reasonable for other people. Um, mm. The second thing I want to talk about is, let's be real, you do need the cold calculating paychecks to have professional designers yeah. For example, the fact that I sold in a bind, the fact that in a bind is now Yogi, it's sold in a tin, it's waterproof cards, and it sold hundreds of thousands of copies, um, and it's in. 19 languages and counting I mean that really boggles my mind and when I think about the fact that probably even if for all of those copies Like only like five people played them like there's more than a million people have played my game and that's incredible But also not only is it emotionally satisfying But frankly the whole reason I sold that was for the money. I mean that is what it was all about It was like, okay, I could carry on doing this or I could sell it to someone else and do a little bit less work, but hopefully they get more money. Um, Now, the truth is that the LDEC, I am not um, a big multinational company. Clearly, I am one person. I don't yet have the connections to other people to market stuff. I don't have a marketing budget. Honestly, I spent about um, I would estimate 10 quid to market this whole thing. And the, the rest of by that i basically mean the review copies that i gave to people um, and people enjoyed it and so that's great and so but i don't i've not done facebook advertising i could have done so much if i made i could do so much that i'm like okay if i did this it would definitely be better if i got to graphic designer, if I did all my art ahead of time, if I was like, okay, here's the prototype, here's you can see exactly what you're buying, and I'm going to send it to you in two months' time after the Kickstarter, that is possible, but I don't have the resources for that, and so the truth of the matter comes down to, yes, Tom is getting a decent percentage, I don't want to talk about our things, but Tom's... Sorry, Tom, you're not going... It's not going to be enough to suddenly make Tom... A, um, like, a full-time designer, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of the situation. Now, I would love to think that within the next five years, I'm going to carry on growing the company. And by which I mean, Maybe I'll be able to hire someone at some point and, you know, to help me with the graphic design, to do some marketing for me, to do some logistics. Maybe I'll be able to get into actual distribution outside of the UK somewhere and, you know, do those kinds of things. And maybe one day the Eldec will be selling tens of thousands of copies. Maybe Categorical will be selling tens of thousands of copies and the deck as a whole even more. I don't know. And that would be the brilliant, but... It's, it's. you've got to be honest with yourself sometimes I mean yes you're allowed to do things for money but you're also allowed to do things for fun and yes you still deserve a bit of money and, and I'm not going to cheat Tom out of anything that's due but it's like do you know what I mean there's like different reasons to do things
2: it's always about the money Tom
1: yes hello
2: when we're talking about the money <laughs> again how much is it to get yourself a copy of Categorical on Kickstarter? what a are good the good question. What I should are probably the, know
1: that, shouldn't I? What, <laughs> are the
2: ple- what are the pledge levels on Categorical? Uh,
1: if you pledge £14 or more, yes. you get one Categorical deck. But there is a lovely pledge that uh, pledge level that uh, Bez has decided to put in, which is you can pledge £5 and get a, a copy of Categorical given to somebody else. So you get oh. nothing. But you, apart from the satisfaction of it being given to a local school or library or of a public of a public organisation soonish after printing.
2: Which is really nice. That sounds that's just so bez, isn't it? <laughs> it is bez. It is very bez, bez so yes. very, very on bez rand. Brand. <laughs> that's absolutely rubbish. I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyway. Um yeah. <clears throat> for people who have listened along Tonight And they've went That Tom's a bit alright <laughs> <laughs> And they want Wor- to know They want to <laughs> They want to know where you exist On the internet webs With your broccoli <laughs> And your sweet potato Where can they find you?
1: Well As far as I know I am the only Tom Cauldron in the world So uh, <laughs> If so you look cute. for. <laughs> Uh, there was a Thomas Cauldron who made the ironwork for Brant Bruton Church in Lincolnshire in uh, like 1780 or something. But apart from that, mm-hmm. I, am a t- I am the only Tom Cauldron on Twitter or Facebook.
2: And
0: presumably Twitter didn't exist back in the seventeen ninety. I don't think
1: so, no. So, so, yeah, I got in before them, the ironwork maker of <laughs> Brant Bruton.
2: No, they just had right-wing politics <laughs> that day. They didn't bother <laughs> <to> <laughs> having people explain it further. Um uh, Bez, I know we've asked this all the time, but where where do you exist on the interweb nets?
0: Well, if you take an S to the T to the U to the F to the F, that spells stuff. And then if you take a B and then a Y, that spells by. It's not uh-huh. B-U-Y, it's by, as in stuff by uh-huh. Bez. And my name is Bez, spelt B-E-Z. And uh-huh. you can look that up on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and stuff by Bez at gmail.com. And stuffbybez.com is a website as well.
2: I think does your shop is your shop stuff by with b u y Bez then because if it's not if it's not then you've you've done messed up. I'm just going to (laughs) say
1: that would have been clever. (laughs)
2: That would have been a clever opportunity. But there you go. Um, I will of course make sure that we also put the the fantastic link (laughs) to the Kickstarter in the show notes as well. I can only thank you two very, very much for coming on. Um, This has been—I've had a lot of fun because I got to talk, and I had a lot of fun because I got to listen as well, (laughs) um, as they would say. So, um, one last thing before we do One last thing, thing, because like it's always—I should know this, you know. One last thing: what are you going to (laughs) say?
0: Go to stuffbybez.com slash Kickstarter. Yes, And it will take you to the categorical Kickstarter. I've not done it right yet, but I will do it tonight. So it will be done by the time this episode goes live. You hope? I will! Okay. I will! Are, okay. you, are you refuting my ability to set up okay.
2: a <laughs> Okay. Okay, I'm a fish. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to go to the internet webs and search for We Are Not Wizards and you'll find us in all the different... Places where people hang out out Under bridges and stuff And don't And uh, (laughs) yeah like our blog And Twitter and Facebook And Instagram and everything like that If you like what you've listened to tonight Tell somebody else You know because we're spreading I don't (laughs) You know I don't want to say anything more Um, If you like, really like what you've heard tonight Then uh, we've been going four years So jump onto Apple Podcasts Give us a rating or a review. It's four years, so we're worth at least four stars. We think by this time, um, but there's only two more things to do.
0: <laughs> the oh, first sorry. thing.
2: The I'm first just thing. amused
0: that you don't do
2: your joke anymore. Well, I can do my joke, but it's 2020, so you got to, you know you got to switch things up a bit. Do you? Do you really have to switch things up? No, you don't really have to switch things up. I mean, don't remember, give you. Yeah, you remember, right? Okay, if you do like what you've listened to. And you're going to give us an Apple rating or review. Don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed. But don't give us <laughs> one star because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five. Because it's average. And we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is a rather wonderful. <laughs> They're rather fantastic. Tom Cauldron. Yeah! And uh, she's so nice She named her stuff twice (laughs) It's (laughs) it's Bez Say goodbye Bez Goodbye Bez And uh, it's a goodbye from me Remember stay safe for all sixes Make something awful But until the next time Get yourself some Karagarico Goodbye
1: The wizard is never late.